560-KXNO. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Right, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. It's Miller and Condon on a Friday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, talking sports with you for the next couple of football with you for the next couple of hours, and appreciate you spending some of the remainder of your morning with Trent and myself. Coming up on the BMW of Des Moines guest list today, we're going to do Hawks and Clones early in the program. It is game day, after all, out on the West Coast, USC, Iowa, 5 o'clock out there, 7 o'clock locally. Fox has the uh, game, if you're looking for it. Channel 17 is where you will find it. Gus Johnson, Joel Clatt on the call on that one. Mark Morehouse going to join us from San Diego at about oh, 25 minutes or so from now. Cedar Rapids Gazette is where you will find and read Mark Morehouse. Uh, 1045, Dylan Montz from the Ames Tribune. We'll slide on in here. He's in Orlando uh, covering Iowa State. They play tomorrow. Brian Kelly and Matt Campbell uh, met the press for the final time prior to game time. That was earlier this morning, so we'll find out if any news came out of that. At 11 o'clock, just a quick NFL segment today. The only one we're going to focus on is the Chiefs. Well, we'd like to put the Packers in there, but Dave Sinekin is traveling. So Nick Athen will join us. So we'll take a look at the Chargers and the Chiefs and yeah, both the Patriots and the Chiefs play in the early window, so I guess they'll be looking to what's going on in Foxborough before Andy Reid decides if the guys want to keep his guys on the field or not. Bama Bob will come in with Trent and myself. We'll take a look at the playoff games and some of the other action taking place today and tomorrow. We'll give away some Claxons Barbecue. Our pick, sponsored by Iowa Real Estate, Mark Charter, at 11.45-ish. So, busy Friday as we wind down Football Fridays for the season. How are you, Trent Compton? Doing well, and uh, a pretty fun start to the week, I guess, if you want to put it that way. Yesterday's bowls, you mean? Yeah. Not bad, right? The Pitt-Eastern-Michigan game was was entertaining. It was, yes. I was entertained from the start to Mm -hmm. the end. I uh, In a bowl pool that I absolutely needed. Pit to win the game. That's all they had to do was win, and it was hair on fire yeah, there was. for a while. Mm-hmm. Then at the end, the quarterback hitting the referee. The glass, yeah. yeah. And he did brush him, Trey. He did yes. touch him. Yes. Got now, the bill of his cap. Right. Went flying back. Like he was shot for crying Everyone out was called it a flop. Hey, you get. I wear hats a lot, as you know, pretty uh-huh. much every day. Yeah. And with that, I've been bumped a few times. Yeah, it, kind of, it knocks you back, even if it's not just hitting your person. Still going to knock you back a little bit. I don't think that was a flop. You're just going down. Yeah, he uh, <laughs> he's getting. Out he of certainly there. made it look worse. Yeah, no doubt. Boy, the early game. It was. I mean, it's Trent uh, Miami. What has happened to the U? How wow. far has this program fallen? They th- they played three quarter. Manny Diaz played three quarterbacks in the game yesterday, trying to find the right answer. Uh, at the quarterback position. So that wasn't very good. But yeah, Pitt, Eastern Michigan saved the day. How about the Eastern Michigan coaching staff? Chris Creighton and company all wearing <laughs> their, I don't know, what do you call those things? Shirts with the names on them. Right. The, um, I thought it was great. For the quick quick lane bull, the Absolutely. guys, when you go get your oil change, and they're wearing those, whatever they're called. Yeah, smocks. No, it's not a smock. It's not a smock. Yeah. I don't know. Work shirt. Yeah. At Miller and Cotton, hit us up on Twitter. Let us know what those things are called. But yeah, it was great. And Chris Creighton, that Eastern Michigan program mm-hmm. was as bad as you're going to find. It's a MAC program, but it was an awful MAC program. Yeah. 
think they'd only been to one bowl game in their history before he took over mm-hmm. that job. They have the lowest attendance in college football. He's done a really good job at a place in Ypsilanti that's not easy to go. You're looking maybe for the future, the next coach of dot, dot, dot. Well, he's going to get some offers. By the way, yeah. did you see the attendance at the game? They set an all-time record at the Quick Lane did Bowl they? yesterday. Just shy of 35,000 people made that's their great. way to downtown Detroit. And I'm going to guess it wasn't a lot of Pitt fans. You know, they said that they did travel well. Yes. Really? The, the broadcasters did say that, hmm. that... Uh, Sure, Eastern Michigan, you would think, would take up the majority of it, but uh, yeah, 35000 not bad. Not at Day all. Day after Christmas for, of all things, the Quick Lane Bowl. Well, we've got bowl action today, including one at 7 o'clock that certainly moves our needle as the two locals uh, finally uh, get their bowl games. One today, one tomorrow, and the one today is where we'll start with USC and Iowa. We know USC is going to chuck the ball around. Um, it's, it's, it's somewhat ironic that the two teams that both Iowa and Iowa State will face played each other, uh, earlier this year, USC and Notre Dame, and Notre Dame beat them by a field goal, uh, in the football game. But, uh, USC, uh, with their, uh, freshman quarterback, with their coach that nobody wanted back, with the exception of the AD and the AD1, Clay Helton is there. I don't know what kind of game to expect out of them, Trent. I just think, I've been saying it since for the last couple of weeks. I, I like Iowa in this spot. I do like the Hawks. I think their secondary is clearly going to be tested, but I think um, Slovis is going to be tested because mm-hmm. he's going to be under pressure, I would hope. Yeah, and, and what they're going to do, there, there's a couple of statistical numbers that you look at. Oh, USC can't run the football. Well, they can't run the football because of the scheme that they play, Mm -hmm. the short passing game with the tunnels and the bubbles and the slip screens that they're going to have, that's basically their running game. So you think, oh, they're just one-dimensional. Kind of a misnomer. It's not exactly what they are because of the air raid system that they have. The receivers on the outside, they are big time. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's some well, big certainly guys. one of them. Yeah. And Pittman is yeah. an absolute stud. Right. You mentioned Slovis and what St. he Brown's can do. St. Brown's good, pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They, Pittman's a star. They have some dudes out there. My concern with this is a couple of things. The first of it is I don't think I was going to be able to do like they did in the win against Minnesota or the win against Nebraska. Get an early lead. And then just hold on for dear life mm. because I think they're going to have to keep scoring. Mm-hmm. I don't see Iowa holding USC under 20. I was going to say 21, so yeah. we're about in the same ballpark. So, you know, you get to get to 17 in the first half and then put on cruise control, one more field goal, think you're going to win it. I don't think that's going to be mm-hmm. the case. Have to keep scoring here. This is also going to be a Nate Stanley game. Though USC has been terrible against the run this year, Iowa hasn't been able to run the ball against anybody. True. They played a terrible Purdue mm-hmm. rush defense, couldn't mm-hmm. run the ball. A terrible Illinois. Mm-hmm. They had absolutely nothing there. And you know the game plan. This is going to come down to me to Nate Stanley. And can Nate Stanley win a game like this on his own? Can he make those plays? What a way to go out, Trent. If, he, if it does play out that way and it does play out in the Hawks' favor. Had this conversation last night. And it was about Ricky Stanzi as a quarterback mm-hmm. against Nate Stanley. Statistically, Nate Stanley has it. And really, I think the only difference that why... Ricky Stanzi is in this rarefied air. Well, he won the Orange Bowl. He won the Orange Bowl. And then the speech after the Orange Bowl. But that's what it is. Yeah, it's love it or leave it, right? Yes, that is what took it to another Mm -hmm. level. We forget about all the pick sixes he threw the year before. He had six of them. Six of them, which is ridiculous. Six pick sixes. Mm -hmm. No, that was in that season. That was the same season. Yeah, because he had one more after that. You're right. He had 15 interceptions in that year. He, frankly, wasn't very good Mm -hmm. that season. But he made plays late in the game. He won big games, and that was the reason for it. They went down, 
they won an Orange Bowl, but even that one, they beat Georgia Tech. Yeah, I know. They they didn't beat Florida State. No. <laughs> they didn't beat Clemson. You beat Georgia Tech. Uh-huh. And you stack up the bowl victories, the three that he had. Now back bowl against South Carolina his first year. Yeah. Spurrier that second year. Was beat, there for that one? Yep. The Orange Bowl and getting the victory against that Georgia Tech. And then finished Tech. out in Arizona against Mizzou. Again, it's... And then he's, Blaine Gabbert. While Nate Stanley broke the losing streak in a bowl game in the pinstripe against BC. Eh. Beat Mississippi State with a couple of first-round picks yeah, in the no, Outback for Bowl. For sure. And then beat USC in a Holiday Bowl. Yes, there is not the rarefied air of an Orange Bowl in a New Year's Six, but those three compared to the three that Stanzi had... I don't know. I think you could at least make an argument advantage Stanley. Well, so so going forward, let's let's go, let's go to the next level because Stanley had his uh, Stanley uh, Stan Z had his opportunity. I mean, he was he was on NFL rosters, mm-hmm. never had an opportunity to play. Stanley is going to make an NFL roster, but I see their careers kind of on similar paths. I don't know if Nate Stanley's going to be. I certainly I, I'd be shocked if he becomes a starter in the league. I yes. would. Um, I don't think the decision making is quick enough. Yeah, I don't either. I don't, I don't think either. he can the go size through the clearly reads. is in yeah, his advantage. And the arms there. Mm-hmm. I mean, think of, but so was Stanzi's though. I like Ricky Stanzi's. Stanzi was okay. He was C plus B minus probably in that range where Stanley maybe is in that B plus range in terms mm-hmm. of arm strength and throwing it. That throw that he made to uh, Smith Marset in the final drive against Nebraska. The throw against Iowa State on, what was that, third and 21? Those throws, those are wow moments. Stanzi, he never had throws like that. We're just absolutely on a rope. He has the advantage there, but like I said, and I don't... Stanzi had better receivers... The, uh, until this year. What, right, I was going to say the body of his career mm-hmm. as opposed to what's... Yeah, Stanley this year. I mean, it's, it's, this group of uh, receivers that the Hawks have, and, and they're all coming back. Brandon Smith uh, going to give it a go, Well, it that's like. that's according to Ference. It sounds like he's uh, at least going to try. Mm-hmm. Um, he's at least going to try, so we'll see. Uh, yeah, 7 o'clock. Can't wait. Can't wait. I'm st- I, I like the Hawks. I'm not going to make any of my picks. I, I, I don't do that. Uh, but I do like Iowa in this game. Now, conversely, tomorrow, I think Notre Dame's going to beat Iowa State. You do? I do. I like Notre Dame. Not going to put in my picks. Same deal. Um, there's just... Trent, the front seven for Notre Dame is absolutely legit. Legit. And Iowa State's offensive line is way better, but the bar was set so low. Mm-hmm. There's continuity. Mm-hmm. But will there be continuity gonna... tomorrow morning at 11 a.m.? Well, yeah, we'll see. That's the other story to watch, right? Uh, apparently, he was asked that, uh, Coach Campbell was asked that again today at the press conference. Everybody's academically eligible, no athletic problems, or academic, rather, problems. He mentioned that. So we'll see if, um, you know, Julian Good-Jones, boy, they're making a big deal out of hiding this. It's like, you know, you know I don't know, <laughs> is Notre Dame... Does it really matter to Brian Kelly and company whether schematically what would do you ch- would they be bringing more pressure on that side I if there's a new track? The front out there? seven for Notre Dame is legit. The front four is really good. This is this is where I think they've got a huge edge in the football game. Look, Iowa State's seen mobile quarterbacks all season long. Mm-hmm. You know, including one of the best in the game and Jalen Hurts, but Ian Book can run it through for 2,500, ran for uh, north of 500 yards. He's a good player. They have a decent running game, but not a terrific running game by any means. Jones has his be- had his best game of the year, ironically, against USC. Yeah. I, I think he ran for, uh, you know, north of 150, uh, if memory serves, but. That's, that's, it's the defense of Notre Dame and the offensive line. Look, they get dudes to play O-line 
at Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Quentin Nelson, yeah. McGlinchey, he's in San Francisco. Those two guys, just some recent names that were there, but they got some dudes this year. Ian Book's a good player. The receivers are okay. Claypool, I like. Claypool's good. Big dude. Mm-hmm. He's a legit 6'4", maybe yeah, look, they, They've always got some receivers, mm-hmm. right? And some tight ends. Remember? I mean, it's been a while since Samarja has been there. I like that Notre Dame team. Brady <laughs> Quinn and Jeff Samarja. That was a good Notre Dame team. So, How about this? Notre Dame. Yeah. 130 teams. Guess what they are in scoring offense in the country? Mm, I don't know. 13th. Higher than I would have anticipated. Too. Over 37 yep. a game. Yep. Defensively, points per game. Uh, they're probably pretty good in their own. Well, the the Michigan game might have skewed that number a little. What what are they? Fourteenth. Okay, giving up eighteen a game. This wow. this is a good Notre Dame team. Yes, they are. And the number's three and a half. I I don't get it. I just don't get it. But Vegas knows. They do more than you and I. I hate yes, to say it. <laughs> that they do. Our numbers reflect that. Though mm-hmm. we are both eking out a living this season in our picks. Are we? We're above that magic 52 point, what is it, 52.4? 52.4. You are 52.6. So I'm not losing money. 53.8% for me. Just two games yeah, up in the, you're, you're coming back on me though. It's been a, a rough December. Much, much like Mr. Monday Night yeah, has you struggled. Have uh, come back to the pack a yeah. little bit here. How you about not? that? Six straight losses to end the year. On Monday night, you did? Well, I'll have another pick for Western Kentucky, Western Michigan on Monday. Don't worry. So what are you What are you going to do with uh, – I'm going to focus on the NFL games and, are you? and the ones that matter. I have no idea with teams that are out of it what's going to happen. I really and truly don't. See, my best bet is one that is two teams playing for nothing. Really? Yeah. I yeah. Just, there, there's something I think that is completely off with that number there. But I do have a couple of college picks, including one of the playoff games. So – I'm uh I'm excited about these playoff games. Oh, you and me both, Trent. You and me both. We've had so many clunkers in these mm-hmm. semifinals, mm-hmm. and well, maybe not, it's just hopeful. Now, is there a chance? I mean, how, how crazy would this be that when we reconvene on Monday and are going over these with Bama Bob because the first hour of the show we'll recap Iowa and Iowa State, mm-hmm. but we get to the two playoff games, we're talking about that unbelievable Peach Bowl with Oklahoma and LSU right down to the wire. Boy, Clemson just killed Ohio State, or vice versa. I mean, we all think that the Fiesta is going to be maybe an all-timer, mm-hmm. right? Maybe the true national championship game is what we're going to get tomorrow night in the Fiesta. But could could I mean, it could reverse? It's not crazy to think it could. You know, I, I like LSU's defense improved. Yes. It improved as the season went on. Mm-hmm. But you go back and really the last time they really struggled – was in that game against Old Miss. Mm-hmm. And what does Old Miss do? They have a mobile quarterback. Yes, they do. And they run a ton and of those counterplays. What counter does Oklahoma plays. have? A mobile quarterback. Mm-hmm. This could be a game where Jalen Hurts carries the ball 20, 22 wouldn't be, times. Wouldn't be surprised. You know what I'm looking forward to? I'm, uh, Stingley versus Lamb. Oh. Is, is th- this is the best matchup of the weekend, folks. C.D. Yes. Lamb and Daryl Stingley Jr. He's six foot one. He's a freshman. He's a generational talent at that position. At least that's the buzz around this kid. He's got size. That's why they compare him to Tlaib, because Tlaib's one of those bigger corners. I'm telling you, this kid is, if you don't know his name, if you didn't watch LSU much this year, Lamb versus Stingley is going to be as good as it gets, because he is, in the college game, as a freshman, a true shutdown corner. And we know how good CeeDee Lamb is. I mean, Outstanding. Oh, my God. So physical, so yes, strong. He, yes. he is. There's what, people that like him. There's drafts that like him better than Jerry Judy at Alabama. Oh, really? I see. I think the athletic. What's his name? Dane Brugler. Yeah, yeah. Dane Brugler has 
Lamb ahead of Judy. He also has Wirfs and Epinesa in the top ten, by the way. So Ooh. any any uh, hope that the boys are coming back? Don't think it's very strong. If they're top ten, how do you come back? But that's top ten from one guy. Because True. also at ESPN, they have them. See, I, I can't get behind the paywall. Do they really? Yeah. And, and that's who? I think that McShay? was McShay. Yeah. Had them 26th and 28th, I believe. And I can't remember which order. But uh-huh. And with that one... You go back to Robert Gatler. He kind of had that kind of great late first round mm-hmm. after his junior season. Came back and was the second overall pick. Mm-hmm. We saw Brandon Scherf. Yep. Same kind of thing. Went five in his draft year. Mm-hmm. Where was he ahead of that? Do you remember? I think it was on that fringe. It was, was late he? first, early second is pretty much mm-hmm. where the projections were for him. So Alaric Jackson hasn't submitted his paperwork yet, but as we found out, I think it was Mark uh, Morehouse, and we'll, we should go to break so we can get him here in a couple of minutes. Mm-hmm. The, the the deadline is not come and gone. So if he's still inclined to do so, he can still do that. We know Kohler did at Iowa State. I think he's coming back. I don't know how he can get faster during the offseason, but that's kind of the knock on him a little right. bit. If he was just a tick faster, he's a no-brainer, I think. Um, I still like him in the league. I do. I think he's going to play. But um, clearly, Wirfs. I just keep going back to senior day, Trent, and yep. how struck he was by this and how seemingly he wanted to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. And his mom and the importance yes. of a single mom and being and with her. And the final game of the season next year, not not the not the penultimate, but the final game of the regular season is at Kinnick. And you get Wisconsin. Right. Coming in to end the season mm-hmm. on a Saturday, not Black Friday, of course, this year. It's going to be interesting. I don't think we're going to find out like we did with Sean Green. Yeah, he's on the field. the field. Right. Garmin, Andy Garmin was yes. with Channel 8 at the time. He actually was on the field and asked him. Yep. And he told him. He told him. <laughs> it was great. That was a fun bowl to cover. It I was. mean, Spurrier was unbelievable. I went to that uh, that uh, press conference, the coach's press conference earlier in the morning. I think, what year was that? Uh, 2008 season. So, was, so, so I remember that. You know, I remember how this, uh, I did this. I think the... That was the same year that the Clones beat Minnesota, right? In the Insight Bowl? In the Insight Bowl. And then I jumped on a plane. Peralt was in Joel's doghouse. <laughs> I remember. So, so Matt and I were in Arizona uh-huh. for the uh, for the Insight Bowl. And then Peralt was summoned home. And I was sent on to Florida, to Tampa, uh, solo. Summoned home. <laughs> yeah, I think that was the same. Wow. Year. I don't remember what uh, what it was about. I don't. Boy, did you see? Peralt's great. Did you see? Did you follow him on Twitter? Did yeah, you see him yeah. on Twitter? He's, he's going to box. Did you see that? I did. He, he's training for a fight. You going to sign up and watch that thing? No, well, you can't pay per view. It's going to be a closed circuit. <laughs> he's, I don't know how old he would be, 40-something years old. I think he's a couple years older than me. Yeah, yeah he's a couple years older than you, but he's training for a I like Matt Peralt area. I did. I, I did. I liked working with him. Anyways, we'll take a timeout like here in Mark Morehouse. We'll do that next as we take you until noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 14... 14- On 1460 KXNO. Live from the DraftKings Sportsbook and Wild Rose Studios, this is 1460 KXNO. Welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. With you until noon, still to come this hour, Dylan Mons. We will head down to Orlando, catch up with Dylan. He was at Brian Kelly, Matt Campbell's joint press conference this morning. But before that, we head west to San Diego. Mark Morehouse has been on the scene out there for the better part of, well, most of the week anyways. And he joins us. It is game day, Mark Morehouse. How are you, sir? 
hanging in there until maybe I drink this water that I just poured out of the bathroom that you can't see through. <laughs> nice. Uh, <laughs> woo! <laughs> that can't be good. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's great. San Diego's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, started to see a lot of Iowa fans yesterday. Mm-hmm. There was the Battle of the Bands or something. And right. uh, you keep forgetting, oh, yeah, there's a football game here. So that starts tonight. And uh, I don't know what's going to happen between these two teams. I, I think it's a fair... It, Looks like it's a fairly evenly matched uh-huh. game. I think Iowa's pass rush is a difference maker, I think, or is a p- potential difference maker. I think, uh, obviously, USC's passing game, Keaton Slovis and uh, uh, oh, uh, Pittman and company, Pittman. yep. And, uh, you know, they've got a bunch of other guys, Raymond. And mm-hmm. uh, I think uh, there'll be big plays, but I, I, I kind of think Iowa's pass rush will hold up in the end, and there'll be, there'll be something made in that. In that with that, with that group, and that'll make the game interesting. Well, you and I see it the same way, Mark, which which is good because you're a very good football mind. I'm with you. I think the difference is the fact that uh, the Hawkeyes' de- defense is going to be able to put some pressure on Slovis, and yes, Pittman and Brown and Vaughn and company, they're all really good receivers, but if uh, Slovis is running around and doesn't have time to make those plays, uh, so we'll see. So what have you seen this week, Mark? Is there anything... I mean, by all accounts, everybody's good to go. Brandon Smith is going to play, or is it sounds like he is. What uh, What's your takeaway from listening to Ferentz this week? Bo- both Ferentz. Um, yeah, I think uh, with Kirk and and uh, Brandon Smith, I, I think he's okay. Stanley, on I can't remember what day it was. Now that the days are all running together, it was after practice one day. Stanley said, "Yeah, he's out there practicing, doing everything." Uh, Farron says he maybe not 100%. I, I think he plays as much as he can if there's, uh, anything else going on there with his ankle. Um, I'm at, you know, they're going into an long off season here. Uh, I don't know if that, you know, if he can do more damage, I imagine he won't play, but that doesn't sound like it's the case. I mean, we actually do have pictures of him practicing, so he's going to play. Um, Kirk said there were a couple other guys. He did, you know, didn't name names, but he said there were a couple other guys and he said they, they uh, came out healthy and they practiced this week. So, yeah, I was good to go health wise. Um, I can't uh, USC. I'm not 100 percent sure. There's a running back, Marquis Step, who will not play. I think he's one of their bigger running backs. Um, so that takes maybe a chance away for USC to have some ball control. And I and I think uh, you know I look at this game. I think Iowa should have a should have a chance to run the ball. I mean, just look at the raw numbers from USC. Yeah. Uh, pretty average Pac-12 rush defense and. Uh, Iowa, as we know, uh, not a great rush the offense this year, but uh, has shown has been capable at times. And and uh, I think probably a winning number for Iowa in this game, rushing yards probably one seventy ish. So uh, reading through the transcript, uh, one thing jumped out. Now, of course, we didn't get anything like we did way back in what was it, the Outback Bowl, no Insight Bowl, where uh, Kirk was going to muster one up for you guys, <laughs> anything like that. Uh, it hasn't been that kind of trip this year to the bowl game, but. He was talking about the future. He's talking about being here still for a long time. Am I reading too much into it? You were there. You heard it. And the context behind it, Kirk talking about, hey, this isn't going to be short-term. He's still thinking about the long-term in this football program. Well, you know, when when you're out in the football recruiting world, um, Mm. you probably need need to be careful of your language Mm. when you have a 64-year-old coach. (laughs) Yeah, they're they're not going to say, yeah, one more year, Kirk. I don't know. He's getting up there. No, that's not how you tack that. Uh, you go, uh, hey, you say what Kirk said yesterday. And um, my, my prediction was at the end of this year. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, whoops, I'm wide left. Uh, 
I, now I think maybe I, I could see maybe a twenty twenty three, uh, just a good clean number for him. And I think there's still things he wants to get done. I, my, my thinking was I believe next year there's not a championship window for this team. Uh, uh, I think it'll be better than than I think people think right now. But I, I don't see. Uh, it's hard to see nine wins um, for this team next year. And I thought maybe that'd be why, maybe kind of why he would leave. But sounds like uh, Spencer Petras has uh, energized some of the some of the uh, staff members. I'm think mainly I'm thinking Ken O'Keefe, the quarterbacks coach, who's also getting mm-hmm. up there. But uh, so I think there's a little energy left here, and uh, and, and always trying. You're always going to hear whether it's whether it's true or not. You're going to hear there's a lot of energy here because mm-hmm. they want that coach to recruit. Is O'Keefe's contract up? Didn't I read that somewhere? Yeah. I think it is, right? Yeah, this is, this is uh, the end of his three-year deal. Um, it was assistance. I was surprising he got a three-year contract yeah. um, from Iowa. With assistance, it's generally one one year, and I imagine that's how this will go. Uh, what also came out of the press conference yesterday was his, I mean, his disdain for playing uh, in the Pacific Time Zone. He, he Mark, for he just doesn't want to do it. He does not want to travel west to non-con. I get the Tempe and Tucson didn't go well for them, uh, but he's just uh, he's just steadfast against playing uh, a team in the Pacific Time Zone in the non-con. Well, the one, the other part of the uh, Arizona State, yes, there was a there was a butt kick in there, forty four to seven. I don't think that scares him off. I think the fact that that game was delayed, I think it kicked off nine o'clock. It was uh, late, yeah, specific time, and the players didn't get back until I want to say six in the morning, some ridiculous number, which ruins a person for like a, a day or two. I think that's what he was complaining about okay. more. I think that was his uh, his beef, and uh, I get it, but. Other teams do it. Uh, Northwestern does it. Um, I, I think this is also kind of a product of the, the nine-game schedule in the Big Ten and, and playing Iowa State non-conference every year. Um, I think people get a little squirrely. They want to have these non-conference games wherever. Uh, you can't. Iowa can't right now. I think. I, here's what I hope in the next year with, in, with uh, college football. Everybody plays eight games. Play eight or eight conference games. Everybody has to play ten. Ten power mm. conference games that would make two of the that would make two of the uh, non conferences interesting. Iowa could then play this game, and if Kirk doesn't want to play it in the West Coast, that's fine. Go play Missouri, or I think Missouri's a good match. Mm-hmm. I think uh, uh, oh, not Clemson. I wouldn't want Iowa to play Clemson. <laughs> um, uh, you know, teams on the similar level, just not in the West. Which uh, you know, there goes our there goes the dream trip to Boise. You guys. <laughs> that one's not going to be happening. We've talked so much about. The future of AJ Epinesa, Tristan Wirfs, what it's going yeah. to be. But the other guy that's uh, getting feedback from the NFL advisory committee, Gino Stone, a guy that, well, the reason he ended up at Iowa is not overly fast. He's not overly big, but the dude can play football. What do you think is going to be, A, what he hears from that committee? And secondly, his decision, what will it be? Uh, I'm thinking he's probably going to get a stay in school grade. And I remember yeah. the grades are uh, first, second round, and then stay in school. So I'm, I'm going to guess he's going to get a stay in school grade. Um, it'd be interesting. I can't remember, and I think I did ask uh, Amani Hooker what his grade was. Sometimes these guys keep it private. Uh, Monty was this fourth-round pick. Uh, he's taller than, bigger than, and probably a little bit faster than Gino. And we talked with Gino here. He knows that he'll get ding for speed. Um, he's kind of in a, uh, he, he, he believes he's, I think he believes he's good enough to play football in the NFL. He wonders he's fast enough. And that's, it kind of reminds me of the Desmond King question. That was Desmond's feedback. He needed to get faster. He decided to stay. 
I imagine Geno Seabank will be somewhere similar to that, and he has a decision to make. I I kind of think he's made it. I kind of think he's probably gone. Wow. Interesting. Mark Morehouse, Cedar Rapids Gazette. Well, as Trent and I, we began the show talking about the, the Outback Bull, Sean Green on the field, uh, telling Andy Garman, who was with Channel 8 at the time, and maybe there's some others around him as well, uh, that uh, no, he's, he's foregoing his uh, college career, is coming to an end with that win over South Carolina. When do you expect to know, Mark? Um, I'm sure the question someone will ask Epinesa and Wirfs and maybe Stone um, as recently as tonight. When do you think we will know about those uh, three? Well, I think uh, I think the Sean Green thing was a special case that that really I don't remember any other Hawkeye uh, who was going pro announce it on the field. Right. Uh, of course, in that game, Sean Green was also I want to say the MVP of the game. Uh, so yeah, of course um, you're, you're going to get that question, and hey, why not answer it if that's what's in your heart? I don't think it matters when it comes out. Uh, I think Kirk likes these guys to not talk about that after the game and just enjoy the stuff with the team mm-hmm. and be the team guy. Because if you look at if you contrast that to last year, you know Hawkinson didn't didn't uh, leave a clue, although he cried. Um, I would say Nate Millafant didn't really leave a clue. Well, he didn't play in the bowl game. Uh, Hooker didn't leave a clue, although you could tell, you know, just by looking at him and listening to him talk that he was probably going. And of course, Anthony Nelson was really hard to read, but uh, they all left. And we didn't hear about it until a week later or so, somewhere in there. My guess is that probably when people start to return home, you'll start to hear those that news trickle in. And I would say I'm not sure what's going to happen with the first two guys. I, 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 I think Tristan will probably go pro. I'm guessing AJ will probably go. But I, I, right now I don't know if that's a solid decision. And Gino's still thinking about it. I think he needs to take a week after the bowl game. Frankly, I don't know where his draft status will be, and I think it might be worth it for him to come back. Prediction for the game tonight, Mark. What do you expect to see? You said at the top of the interview here, you just don't know. I, I think my concern is Iowa, maybe the game plan from earlier this year, get out to that lead and then hold on. I don't know if they can hold on against this USC team in the way they can certainly keep coming in the passing game. What do you think you're going to see tonight? Um, I'm, I picked Iowa 27-24. What do I like about okay. Iowa in this game? Pass rush. Uh-huh. Um, pass rush and uh, the potential of maybe having a running game. Obviously, I love uh, USC's explosive plays. I think it's a game that goes, you know, maybe somebody breaks early. Maybe the team that doesn't want to be here shows up early, but I doubt it. I think this will be a front fest. And, uh, two pretty evenly matched teams. I, I think, it, you know, does Iowa find any offense in this game? Um, USC strong on the ball. It might be tough to run the ball, but I, I think Iowa can – Chip something out there. Uh, I, think, I still think twenty-seven, twenty-four. Uh, Mark, last thing for you, and probably maybe we should have saved this one for you know when we're trying to find stuff to talk to you about during the off season. But the, the Minnesota game on a Friday night. Mm-hmm. I know that you guys had an opportunity to talk with Barda. He's, he was clearly singing from the uh, Big Ten hymn book, if you will, uh, to own the company line. Nothing they could do. This wasn't an Iowa decision. Uh, but uh, what was the consensus, Mark? Did you could you you know listen between the lines, if you will? Barda seemed all in. Did you get that sense? as well no not really but uh i think this is minnesota maybe maybe trying to maneuver you know maneuver the 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 potential kinetic north uh that'd be my guess on this and and, you know i I think and you guys you guys might find out later or some of the rule whatever the rule is i think before november the home school can do whatever it wants and so if Minnesota wants to have a Friday really? night game, it can certainly do that. I don't think it needs Iowa's permission. 
in November, if Minnesota wanted to do that in November, they need they would need Iowa's permission, and Iowa would probably say no. So, um, I guess there's a little bit of uh, gamesmanship on this. Mm. And, uh, the Big Ten seems to really like that Friday night game. You were right, Ken. Uh, the Friday night game is the, a Big Ten thing, and, and Barda is not going to go against that. You know that. Mm-hmm. After the work is done, you got a couple extra days in San Diego. What's the best beer you've had out there? <laughs> we know you're a big beer connoisseur. Uh, I had a beer last night with, with uh, Chad and Mark and uh, Scott, and uh, we had a bunch of beers, and I had uh, Notorious IPA. I can't even remember the name. Boneyard Brewery. And uh, I want to say 11%, and I, I only got half of one. I only got <laughs> half of one because that screwed me off. So uh, terrific. And, uh, you know, San Diego kind of runs on beer here, and uh, kind of amazing beer town. And hopefully Hawkeye fans are – I saw a lot yesterday. I hope they're getting to know it a little bit. Yeah, uh, the uh, the pep rally certainly had a big crowd out for that. I saw some of the video that uh, Keith Murphy sent back, and certainly well attended, and as you mentioned, the Battle of the Bands. Mark Morehouse, travel safe. We appreciate you coming on, as always. Thank you for what you do for us. We will talk to you early in the new year, Mark Morehouse. Thank you. Thank you, guys. I uh, look forward to it. Good to talk to you. Mark Morehouse, Cedar Rapids Gazette, twenty seven twenty four for Mark, and more of a decision for AJ as opposed mm-hmm. to Werfs. Very interesting. Getting that perspective away, it's going to go. Yeah, I had that backwards. I thought Wirfs had more of a decision than Epinesa did. Just because Senior Day, I'm putting way too much into that. I think you are. Yeah, I know I am. The Epinesa family angle goes a little deeper, mm-hmm. doesn't it? True. No question. No question. Could've Boy, if anywhere. they can both come back and Jackson doesn't leave and Stone's great. Hmm. The, I mean, the schedule's daunting. We, we know what this, with this, how the schedule's Crossovers, oh, Michigan State first at home. Aren't they okay. like back-to-back-to-back weeks? Too? It is, and then it's back-to-back Ohio State, Penn State. Jesus. On the road, both of those games. Oy, 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 oy. Uh, Good <laughs> oh luck, well. new quarterback. Yeah, but it's going to, well, anyways, we'll take a timeout. Uh, we will head to Orlando next. Dylan Montz standing by from the Ames Tribune. See the registers retweeting the Ames Trib stuff? Yeah, because what, They're what owned was They're owned by Gannett. Owned by Gannett, that's what it is. Trent, I think we're on the precipice of a very... St- Sad. File away for early 2020 media story in our neighborhood. Let's hope that's not the case. I totally agree. But four Iowa State beat guys. It's, 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 it's terrible. Anyways, Dylan Montz, uh, he's with the Ames Tribune. We will hear from Dylan Montz next in Orlando, previewing Notre Dame and the Clones when Miller and Condon continue on Des Moines Sports Station 1460. Streaming live from coast to coast on iHeartRadio, this is 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back. We're in Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Thank you to Mark Morehouse, Cedar Rapids Gazette. From San Diego, off to Orlando, Dylan Montz from the Ames Tribune has been there since the Sunday before Christmas. Uh, he beat the clones down there. Iowa State fans apparently are arriving in mass. Dylan, you're starting to see a whole bunch more of them, uh, certainly yeah. in the last couple of days. Yeah, certainly. I was uh, out at Orlando, actually, or out at Universal Studios in Orlando yesterday and started to see a few more uh, faces pop up. You'd see a hat and a T-shirt uh, here and there, so they're, they're definitely coming. Uh, your impressions, if any, from this morning's press conference, uh, Brian Kelly, Matt Campbell, uh, they certainly said, uh, as they always do, <laughs> glowing terms about uh, the respective teams that they're about to face. Was any news made at all, Dylan? 
Yeah, n- nothing really. Um, a couple of us asked Matt Campbell quick off to the side of, about uh, academics and injuries just to kind of get as up-to-date on that as possible. He said as of right now, there's nothing injury-related that um, that's cropped up, and then um, academics are all good too. But really not, not a super uh, newsy press conference unless you, you talk about uh, Brian Kelly mentioning uh, co-college uh, almost out of nowhere <laughs> during it, but otherwise not, not too much. You know, I, I know there was a little bit of a conversation about the guys going home, the Florida kids getting a chance to play there. Uh, Iowa State playing their first ever bowl game in the state of Florida, first game ever since the 1970s. And chance for a lot of these guys and some of their families to actually see them play in person. A lot of family members get to be there at the Camping World Bowl. Yeah, we talked to Tariq Milton yesterday a little bit about that. Mm. He said, um, he's from Bradenton, which is over kind of by Tampa, so it's across the state a little bit, but still mm-hmm. not a, a far drive. And he said that everybody was pretty excited that for once the, the team's coming here and you don't have to drive up to the Midwest or try to catch them in, at one of the Texas schools or anything. So a uh, nice little return trip for those guys and, and one that I know they were all looking forward to. Obviously, you know, the, the, uh, the Bailey Twins uh, being from down here as well, Johnny Lang, you know, all, all up and down the line. Uh, it, it, I know it's nice for those guys to get back home. Yeah, no doubt about it. Bradenton, I think, is the spring training home of the Pirates. I think. Sounds right. I think it is, spring training. You know, just a, a little bit more on the, on the, your on-the-side conversation uh, with Coach Campbell today. So he said, I mean, academic, everybody's good, and injuries, nothing to report at this point. Are they even going to practice today? So if, if, I guess where I'm going, if Julian Good-Jones doesn't play tomorrow – um, are we to be led to believe that the injury would have happened today? Yeah, he said uh, they have a walkthrough later today. I know at the stadium, he said that it was uh, a few of us had asked uh, Matt Campbell back when they, the team arrived what was going on, and he said that Julian right. had been uh, dinged up or banged up a little bit um, after the Kansas State game, and they've been kind of getting him back um, to, to full go. We saw him out there practicing with the team a little bit, doing some pre-practice um, mm-hmm. works work with the, the trainers. But, yeah, it's it's going to be kind of one of those things that we're just going to have to wait and see a kickoff for exactly what's going on there because it has been a little um, odd, to say the least. Yeah. I, I get the sense he's not playing. I mean, and the, and the depths that Campbell seemingly is, it's, at least, it's not like he's Jonathan Ogden, for crying out loud. <laughs> he's Julian Good-Jones. Um, I don't know, Dill. Do, do you get the same sense that I just don't think he's going to play? I think Campbell's going... Like we clearly, I could be wrong, but what's your sense? I've got the feeling all week that he's not going to play. It just, it, it, I, I don't know. We we kind of just had to take it on face value a little bit. Matt Campbell said um, he expects him to play. He doesn't see there why there would be an issue that I would hold him out. <laughs> he's not suspended. He, he's kind of gone on down the line, but it's just still this sense that um, you know we didn't really know about him being dinged up or the injuries mm-hmm. or anything uh, around the Kansas State game until this week right. so it just is it was kind of an interesting timing and um but yeah i, I just get the sense he's, he's probably not going to be available tomorrow dylan uh charlie kohler's had an outstanding mm, redshirt yeah. sophomore season with it talk about jumping to the nfl we of course saw tj hawkinson do that as a redshirt sophomore a season ago he uh was asked the question though and not a whole lot of feedback to you when the question was asked read anything into that yeah, not really. Uh, I think I've seen a couple other guys kind of handle it the same way. I think um, that's that's kind of his personality too. He's a kind of matter of fact and direct, and 
we'll just kind of say what he thinks. So it doesn't surprise me that he, he brushed it aside like that. But it is something to pay attention to after um, the bowl game, just given um, maybe the the tone, I guess, in which Matt Campbell talked about it. Um, you know, we don't know any of the feedback specifically that he was given, but, um, you know, Matt Campbell mentioned him having a decision to make and that he'll make the right decision with his family and stuff. But, um, you know, if, if, if that all trends, it sounds like it's trending positive, but it's just, uh, it, it's probably going to have to be a, a true off season conversation. Mm. Uh, Dylan Montz from the Ames Tribune is in Orlando covering uh, the Camping World Bowl for us. Dylan, my concern about this game tomorrow is, is I think Notre Dame's front seven defensively is just absolutely legit. I mean, the front four is solid. The linebackers, uh, they make a ton of plays. Ian Book, is he's a nice player, don't get me wrong, but Iowa State sees him all season long. I'm not sure they see a front seven like they're about to face here tomorrow. That's my biggest concern, Dylan. Iowa State's offensive line Clearly better this year, but I'm not sure they have been tested like they're about to be here tomorrow. Yeah, Notre Dame has uh, 30 sacks this season, so their their front four is really active, and then their linebackers all have 70 uh, plus tackles. Uh, all three of their starting linebackers, and I asked Tom Manning about that the other week, and he said that they all they look kind of like um, Big Ten linebackers a little bit. They're just thick, burly guys, but they have good length and they can really. Um, their gaps sound and they can really get to the quarterback effectively. So it's going to be a test for those guys because they see a little bit more athletic, um, rangy linebackers and and front sevens uh, in the Big 12. This is a whole different uh, kind of style and test. So it's they've had a lot of time to prepare for it, obviously, but it is going to be um, a more unique challenge than maybe they usually see. You know, the linebacker spot has been evolving throughout the year. We've seen guys bounce in, like Rose has been inside, outside, back inside. We've seen the development of McDonald now as that rush end. A lot of different pieces here. Do you expect that to continue here in the game tomorrow morning where we're going to see a whole lot of different personnel, different groupings coming in there together? Yeah, I think so. I think uh, that was kind of one of the interesting things uh, with John Haycock when we had a chance to talk to him the other day is, um, you know, there's there's been ways in which offenses just kind of caught up to the Iowa State defense in that unique scheme a little bit this year at times. But when you know an opponent for an entire month and you just have to scheme for that opponent, what kind of wrinkles uh, can you um, can you insert into the game plan and into the scheme? So I think... Um, you know, there's there's going to be certainly some some different things that I would imagine that we would see from that group, um, just given some of the, the personnel that they have and, and some of the guys who have come on, like like a like a Will McDonald or Steve yeah. Kyle, who's played well in yes, the, the back end and been getting and getting Greg Eisworth as healthy as he's going to be um, since the beginning of the year. Uh, I, I think that all lends itself to having um, you know as good a defensive effort as you could probably have or hope for. Um, you know, at this point in the season. Uh, Dylan, I'm glad you brought up Tavon Kyle. We both noticed him making, starting to make some plays about the middle of the season and really build on that. And, and Iowa State's got something there. I didn't realize this, Dylan, until I, I, I read a piece. Uh, I don't know why I stumbled across this, but prior to last year, there was, remember the four freshmen that came and four, there was four of them got in trouble. The, the, the guy that everybody remembered was Skates, Joe Skates. And he's been, uh, he's had a nice reclamation year. Kyle was a part of that group as well and I'd forgotten about that so Tavon Kyle his career did not start out well uh, in Ames 
Uh, but boy, oh boy, maybe he learned his lesson and, and done some growing up. And he's got a huge chance to make an impact, bef- and he already has this year, but make an impact before his career comes to an end. Nice story, Tavon Kyle, after a rough start uh, to his college career. And he started as a wide receiver, too, so he's even had a position change and going to a different side of the ball. So, yeah, I think um, we all came into the year thinking, oh, Anthony Johnson, no, locked into that. Yeah. And Dane Schoen Young, obviously, had been a guy that had started uh, games in the past, had, in- had an injury last year that kept him out, but looked like he would just step right back in. But Tavon Kyle really was pushing him all through the year and then has come on and, and been really, really strong um, this last uh, quarter of the season, I would say. Um, you know, like like you want in the corner. I think he's really athletic, really quick. Um, you know, has has some length to him. So he has all the traits that you would want in, in the back end for a guy that has to go up against a bunch of of bigger receivers um, throughout the Big Twelve. So uh, really nice to get a guy like him playing yeah. playing well at this time of year. And um, you know, so it's going to be interesting to see how he handles uh, some of those big guys that Notre Dame has tomorrow. And they got a bunch of them, no doubt. All right, what, one non-football question, because I saw you tweet this on Christmas Eve. You were so pumped to go see Uncut Gems. I, I thought it was the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. You're a little bit younger than I am. Did you like it, Dylan? I loved it. Do you really? Yeah. Did? And, and that's kind of that's, that's kind of the one thing I've seen about it is I think you're either all in on it, yeah, or you're just totally out. So I I I loved it. I yeah. thought the story was really interesting. The pace of it was really yeah. frenetic and and crazy, and um, the performances were pretty wild, especially Adam Sandler. So uh, I, I did enjoy it. I saw it Christmas Day, and I was. All out to just stay in my seat and not get up and leave the theater. <laughs> Anyways, Dylan Mods, Ames Tribune. Dylan, uh, I, I think Notre Dame's front seven is too much. Do you think, I mean, what's it going to take for Iowa State to win? We'll get you here out, uh, out of here on that. How does Iowa State win the football game? Yeah, I think they have to play well on the offensive line. And then that's kind of maybe a, a simple take, but I think it's the biggest the, yeah, the biggest one there is. Can that group hold its own against a, a front four that's really active, a front seven that creates a lot of havoc. Um, can they give Brock Purdy time? Can they create lanes for Brees Hall? Because I think the defense will hold its own, but it, it's a matter of can the offense really um, get its feet out of the mud and, and get going and move the ball and, and score some points. Uh, do they have, what do they have to score to win? 21-24? What do you think Iowa State has to score to win the football game? I, I would almost go up to twenty seven, twenty eight. Gotcha. I, I think it's. I think there can be uh, some points scored. I think there's a chance for a couple big plays here and there, but I think um, it, it's got to be almost thirty um, for them to, to pull it out. Dillamont, Ames Tribune, Dylan. Thank you. Uh, enjoy Orlando. Are you staying after the game? You coming right back home? Yeah, I'll be here for another day and a half or so nice. um, to do maybe a couple more sightseeing ventures, and then uh, I'll head back on New Year's Eve day. Good stuff. Thank you, Dylan. Appreciate it. We will, uh, well, we'll catch up with you in Orlando on Monday then to recap it for us. Thanks, pal, if you don't mind. Yep, thanks, guys. Take care. Yep, good to talk to you. Dylan Mons from the Ames Tribune. All right, 11 o'clock hours coming up next. We'll do a quick hit on the Chiefs. Uh, uh, Vikings arresting all the guys. That was just announced. Their Cousins is out. Well, the Bears Ken have been arresting guys for a while. Hey, yeah. Uh, uh, Trubisky says he can play better. Did you see that today? Duh. How... How can you bet on that game? You can't, uh, Trent. That's why I'm staying away from all of these meaningless games. Yeah, I know you're making a mistake. And well, you're, 
Hey, who's in front? Yeah, you are. You are. You've got scoreboard. Barely. Uh, so we'll do a brief NFL segment. Then Bama, Trent, and I will go around college football. We'll take a look at the playoff games. We'll take a look at the Holiday Bowl and the Camping World Bowl as well. Uh, Claxon's Barbecue to give away at about 1140. Our pick sponsored by uh, Mark Charters Group. Uh, before we get out of here at noon. Miller and Condon with you on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO.